What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Happy freaking Monday. My name is Austin Jardine, and this is the Vanguard Project Podcast. Man, I hope you all had a great weekend. Uh, I got back late Saturday night from the emergency medical treatment course uh, down in Heber City with the guys at Fieldcraft. Uh, if you haven't, I would encourage you to uh, take a second to poke around their website and uh, see what training you could benefit from. Uh, you know, throughout the podcast, I've interviewed several folks from Fieldcraft, and they are all awesome people. Uh, they teach a couple different courses. You know, I know that they've got uh, pistol, carbine, the emergency med course, and I would encourage you to go see what benefit you could or what training you could benefit from. The one that I took uh, was just a couple hours long, and I feel like I walked away with uh, a fundal, fundamental understanding of how to treat somebody on their worst day, right? With just a very basic understanding, right? Not, not any credentialing or anything like that, but really just an understanding of March, identifying wounds, how to find them. Um, and really, it's kind of funny, really understanding the versatility and, and importance of a, of a tourniquet. It's one of those things that I feel like I have personally taken, uh, taken for granted. But after that course, I uh, feel like you can do a whole hell of a lot with uh, with a tourniquet and with a good quality tourniquet, which leads me to my next point. I will be uh, on the hunt for uh, for some better ones because, you know, I didn't really understand, uh, you know, some of the breaking points and uh, how important it was or the technology that has gone into uh, some of the life-saving equipment. So uh, I would encourage you, uh, Fieldcraft's website, uh, but I'm going to digress because today's episode is, uh, is going to be a lot of fun with Mr. Jonathan Griswold. Um, he and I sat down a couple of weeks ago and recorded. Uh, he does a lot of really cool uh, freelance art, or he did freelance art and just recently got brought on to Black Rifle. And so I'm super excited to share his story, but as a refresher. Uh, this podcast really focuses on uh, interviews, really sharing people's stories. And uh, my, my, real, my end goal is uh, growth through story and strength through community. And what I mean by that is I like to sit down with people to have them share their stories, to dive into their lives and understand how they got to where they're at, hopefully giving you some insights or ways of thinking to help push you forward or potentially find a community to join in on. So I do my best uh, to let the interviewee share their life experience, dive into what they've learned and give you something to chew on throughout the week and maybe uh, maybe figure out what next steps are or how to get excited, find a new passion, community, like I said, whatever the case may be. But that is enough chat for me. Uh, linked in the episode description. Is a, is a handful of uh, is a handful of codes from the show sponsors and various discounts like Black Rifle Coffee. I you know it was a fun weekend for me. I went down to Black Rifle headquarters, stopped by the shop. It was really cool. I was, I, I was geeking out a little bit. So be sure to check out all the codes, use them, share them. And uh, but I'm going to stop talking and let's roll an awesome episode with Mr. Jonathan Griswold. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. My name is Austin Jardine, and I'm super excited because today is, uh, I think it's going to be a fun episode. Jonathan and I were talking a little bit, and um, I'm excited to hear all of the things that you're into because I can kind of sympathize being a jack of all trades, like you like you were saying that your wife calls you, but I feel like you're probably better at being the jack of all of those trades than I am. So I'm excited to chat, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm good. It's uh, It's Wednesday night. 
we're recording. Yep. I've got it's like six, seven o'clock for me. It's what nine o'clock for you, and yeah, I'm drinking coffee. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I thought about getting a cup of coffee, but I would probably be up till two o'clock in the morning. So I, I, I decided not to do that. <laughs> that's fair, man. So normally, so this is your first podcast. We'll just throw that out there. And I'm excited because. I, uh, I, I think that my podcast is probably easy for people to jump in and just start talking because I, uh, I don't grill you on a subject so much as like let you tell your story. So if you don't mind, uh, maybe just starting with like an introduction of who you are and uh, what you do, and then we'll kind of just go back to the beginning and tell your story. Okay. Um, I'm, like you said, I'm Jonathan Griswold. Um, I own uh, Grizzly River Art. Um, I do graphic design work. Um, I've been freelancing for about seven years. I'm self-taught. I never went to college for it. Uh, been drawing since I was a kid. And uh, this year, uh, beginning of January, I, um, I got hired on with Black Rifle Coffee full time. So um, the past the past month and a half has been a been a whirlwind. So um, of course, you know they went pub. You know we went public and. Um, it's, it's been it's been really cool. I've flown out there twice. Uh, I'm working remotely uh, from eastern North Carolina, and I'll be flying out to Salt Lake at least once a month. So, um, but yeah, uh, do graphic design work, and uh, I guess I'm pretty good, I guess. Um, I, I feel <laughs> like I get – I feel like I get better every year. I, it's funny when I, when I do artwork, when I finish something, it's always like, man – this is like my favorite one. And then like next week I'm like, man, this is like my favorite one. And it's like, it's, <laughs> it's been that like ever climbing ladder for like seven years. Like, so I guess I'm doing right. And you know, a lot of my clients are, you know, I haven't had any disappointed clients. So um, anyways, yeah. That's awesome, man. So let's uh, that's, that's what you're doing now. Let's go back to how it all started. I mean, did you grow up kind of the art kid? Did you start, I mean, where did, where did the passion for art come from? Did you, I mean, let's just start at the beginning. Where did this Where did this begin? And I feel like I'm feeling the effects of my coffee already, getting all jittery. So I, I grew up in a family of five, uh, my mom and dad, and I had two younger sisters. Um, I grew up in a pretty deeply religious family. Um, so when I say deeply religious, it was deeply religious. Um, we, we didn't have a TV. Um, we, we didn't do a lot of things that most people do, which, you know, is fine. Um so I spent a lot of my time outdoors um, from sun up to sundown. Uh, if I wasn't in school, and of course I was homeschooled later, but we can talk about that later. But uh, and then I would spend a lot of my time either reading books or I just got into the drawing thing. I don't really remember how I got into drawing. It's funny. Uh, the other night, my mom sent me some pictures of some paintings and drawings I did when I was really young. Yeah. It was kind of neat to see. So I, I, I'm not really sure when it started, um, but I was really young, you know, probably three, four, five, six years old or whatever. Okay. And uh, started drawing, um, I think when I was probably, well, let me, let me step back. In the third grade, me and a buddy used to draw these, uh, these pencil drawings of army men like fighting dinosaurs and we would sell these <laughs> on like notebook paper. We would sell these drawings to like kids, uh, classmates really for like 25 cents. No way. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we used to take that like extra money and buy extra stuff in the cafeteria or whatever. I, I don't remember how much we made. I mean, I was, I was probably what, seven years old, eight years old. 
But that was like I say, like the first time I ever sold something, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And uh, so I guess I've kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit. I reckon um, a redneck that you know trying to make a business out of something. But <laughs> um, and then when I was probably fourteen or fifteen. I started drawing, getting like serious about drawing, like learning how to like draw portraits and like, you know, I would see things like landscapes and try to draw them animals and whatnot. And my dad had this massive collection of uh, like National Geographic's, like yeah. old ones from like the 70s and 80s. And I used to look through them and draw pictures out of them. And there was a picture um, that I drew of like, a, it was of a Native, Native American girl, little girl, like on a reservation or something. I drew it. And um, I wrote some sort of poem that was underneath that went along with the photograph in the magazine. It was underneath of it. And I, anyways, I drew that and I drew a bunch of other stuff like old mob bosses from like the 20s, like Prohibition era, like, you know, their mug shots and all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, we had some friends. This is this is the this is the ironic thing. We had some friends that owned a coffee shop in town and they allowed me to put my artwork up in their coffee shop. Nice. Okay. And so I sold the drawing of the Native American girl to a guy for like a hundred bucks when I was probably, I was probably 14 or 15. Yeah. And so that was like the first time I ever like sold something like really made, you know, 15 bucks to a, to a 15 year old. I mean, a hundred dollars to a 15 year old is, is a, is a lot of money. Right. But it was the irony that my first real piece of artwork I sold was in a coffee shop. And now I work for a coffee company. Is, <laughs> you know, kind of full circle, I guess. But, um, I did that. And then I kind of got out of drawing um, for a while. And then I picked it back up when I was probably um, early 20s. Um, I kind of went through that rebellious stage of my teens. I moved out of my parents' house when I was 17 and lived on my own up until I got married. And um, I picked it back up probably, in, like I said, in my early 20s. I uh, started doing paintings. I uh, got into abstract art uh, with spray paint. Um, I did some like finger paintings, like realistic. Like I did a, I've always been into Native American stuff. I'm, I'm really huge. I'm big into that. I'm Native American history in our, in our area. And I had some artwork, artwork put up in a restaurant in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is about 45 minutes from where I live. I never sold anything on that. And then kind of got back out of artwork, did a bunch of things. I really got into hunting and fishing and um, um, probably in, let's see, seven years, about seven years ago, I, um, I got a cell phone and the cell phone had a, a stylus with it. I think it was like a Galaxy Note 5 or something. And it had a little drawing app, and I was sitting at work one day messing with my phone, and I was drawing, and I drew this fish on, on this phone app. And uh, I posted it on my personal Instagram page. And a guy who followed me from, like, Las Vegas said, hey, are you selling prints of these? And I was like, uh, well, no, not really, but I, I, guess I, I guess I could have a print made and sell it to you. So I sold him a print. And then he asked me to draw a different type of fish. I think it was a trout. I think the first one I drew, that I drew was a, uh, a red drum. Um, and he asked me to draw a trout. So I drew the trout and he bought that. And then I, and then I was like, well, maybe I might have something going here. And so I started drawing more fish 
and I started posting it and I, I was getting like limited prints made and I started selling a few here and there. And then I started having people asking me to draw like pet portraits and, you know, they were sending in requests like commission work. And I was doing all this on my cell phone and uh, it was, it was real tedious. I mean, you, yeah. you know, I'm up here like this right here and uh, I, I found myself getting better at it and more efficient. And um, then that, that probably went on for about a year. And then I had a few people reach out to me about doing like logos and mm -hmm. like t-shirt designs. And I was like, man, I, I don't know anything about that. I was like, it's probably, probably a good time to get a, get a computer. And so um, I was looking at buying a computer and this is a pretty, a pretty big stepping stone uh, that was kind of like a, it was kind of like destiny pushing me this way. Yeah. Um, there was a, a, a friends of ours in our church who came up to me one Sunday morning and was like, Hey, we feel like we want to uh, get you a computer. Like they, they didn't know anything about this. Right. Like they, they didn't know I was trying to figure out like, you know, not save up money. Like I, I was working a job. I mean, I was working a good job, but I made absolutely no money at, and then I was kind of living paycheck to paycheck and um, you know, struggling and I, I couldn't afford a, $1,300 computer. Sure. And uh, they just came up to me randomly and said, Hey, we felt like we wanted to help you get a computer. And to this day, I don't know how they knew that. And, um, and I, you know, I was like, no, nah, I don't, I don't really want to do that. Cause I don't like handouts and all that. And they were like, no, we, if you want to pay us back later, you can, but we want to help you pursue this. And so we went to Best Buy and they bought me a computer. And um, I think, uh, uh, I think a couple a couple months later, I paid it off. And uh, when I got the computer, uh, I downloaded Photoshop and Illustrator and all these all these apps. And I downloaded and I opened them up. And when I opened them up, I was like, there ain't no way. Ain't no way I'm going <laughs> to learn how to do this mess. And so I shut my computer and I got kind of, you know, I was kind of like, man, this is, looks so complicated. Like I have the ability to draw stuff, but like learning, like, I mean, it was like, I mean, it was like, I don't know how many different tools are there. Probably tens of thousands of different things you can do up there. I'm just like, man, this is crazy. And so like a couple of days later, I opened my computer back up. I was like, all right, I got to figure this out. So I opened old YouTube, went to YouTube University. And uh, man, I stuck to my guns and I figured all that stuff out. And um, I started picking up clients here and there. And uh, everything just kind of took off from there. So, Dude, that's a lot. <clears throat> I love it. So I've been, I've been taking notes, right. And I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you because I felt like we were on a roll. So I've got a couple of questions. So right. going back to like when you were 14, 15, right. And you were starting to feel a little bit more serious about, you know, um, drawing and art and starting to get your dad's national geographics, right. What was it that drew you towards drawing and actually taking it serious? Like where did the emotion come from and in, in the drive to get better at it? Um, so I've always had this thing and I still have it now. I like creating stuff mm -hmm. and I've always been kind of a tinkerer. Like when I would get like, uh, like remote control cars, I didn't last long cause I always took them apart. Cause I want to see how they work. Oh, I sympathize. And yeah. like, even when I was younger, I remember I liked cutting grass because I liked the way it looked when I was done. <laughs> and so like, obviously I didn't like doing it when it was 110 degrees outside and blazing hot North Carolina summer, but I always like doing things and then stepping back and looking at what I did and being like kind of proud of it and like 
you know, seeing other people be like, you know, like my parents, you know, like, wow, that's really awesome. Like seeing their excitement and their son, you know, doing something. Cause my dad is an artist. My dad was also an artist. He, he was a little different type. He, he did like comic stuff, but oh, cool. um, when he was younger, but it, I think it was something that I was trying to probably create something and, and feel like I was like doing, like doing something important, I guess, instead of just, you know, being outside all the time and riding bikes. And like, I, I don't think when I was young, I ever wanted to, I thought about making money. It was just something I enjoyed because I was creating something that other people liked. Yeah. And um, that that's, that's, I would say that's probably about spot on of why I think it was probably just to maybe impress my parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's, what do you, what, uh, what do you mean by that, that sense of importance? Right. So I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm asking these questions kind of in the vein of if there's a kid out there or somebody out there, that's like, man, like I love drawing, but like, I'm trying to figure out where to go. And I have this sense of like, drive and desire to to push forward what was that sense of importance for you what did that feel like and where did that come from well I probably have the answer to that more so now that I'm older Mm -hmm. and the people that I've had the opportunity to work with and the people that I work with is is, is very humbling experience is this country here we go into politics politics. (laughs) no I'm just kidding (laughs) In this country, we have the ability to do whatever we want to do, right? Like it, like it's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's on the edge. But as of right now, we can do what we want to do, basically. Yeah. And I think when you when you have something that you enjoy, you don't want to keep that thing to yourself, right? So when I was drawing, I wasn't like drawing stuff and like hiding it. Like I wanted to show the world. I want to show my parents. I want to see, you know, their happiness on their faces and, you know, feeling that like those butterflies in your stomach when you finish and you show them and they're like, you know, laughing and, you know, and, you know, showing other people too. And so it's like, I think it's like a community thing where you're giving back. You, you, you're you using your abilities, God-given abilities to help your community to be a part of this country. And I think that I've really figured that out as I've gotten older is that when I do artwork, yeah, it's fun and I do it and I'm making money, but I get online and I see people like, man, this is freaking awesome. Like, I love this shirt. This is like my favorite shirt or man, I love these stickers. And they're reaching out like, man, I love your artwork. And and it's bringing people joy, right? Like they look at that and they like it and they wear it proudly. And, you know, you know, the company that might be selling that artwork might be using some of those funds to help wounded veterans or help a, you know, organization or something. And so it's not just about drawing something and and just being proud about it. It's, it's, it's drawing and putting your abilities to good use, whether it's through yourself or it's, for a company and they're doing it to help people. And um, I, I think probably I would say that, that that's probably one of the most important things that I've learned is that th- this whole thing with artwork is, is much bigger than just, you know, a pen on an iPad or, you know, a print hanging on somebody's wall or somebody wearing a t-shirt is, it's, it's a lot more than that. So. Yeah. When you uh, start to draw and design, 
where are you drawing that inspiration from, right? I mean, is it, is it truly thinking back and saying, man, I know this, this is important. And, and as I put pen to paper, uh, are you trying to solicit some sort of emotion for people? Um, so things that I do for myself, which are rare. Um, I actually just did something this the other night. Uh, it was from one of my, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, it was from a movie that I really liked. Um, I rarely do stuff for myself anymore. Um, back in the day when I would do stuff, I don't, I really like drawing people. So I don't, I don't know if there was like any type of inspiration to it other than me trying to just hone my abilities. But now um, if I do do something for myself, it's um, a design in particular that we can talk about. Um, yes, there's a reason behind it. Yeah. Sometimes it's just because I like it. And, you know, I, you know, I, that drawing, you can't see it, but there, there's two drawings I did this week. That's the, this is the first time I've ever framed artwork that I've done myself and put up in my house. Like yeah. I'm, all the artwork in my house is other artists because I like supporting other artists. But um, getting back to what you were asking about inspiration, um, most of the stuff I do is for other people. Yeah. And so sometimes they'll, they'll ask me to do something they want in particular. And obviously they have asked that because they're inspired for something. It's supposed to, you know, it's got some sort of purpose behind it. And then sometimes we're like, look, I like hunting and I want something with a, 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 a white tailed deer or something on a shirt or whatever, you know? And so they're trying to get the message across that, Hey, we're a hunting company and we want to attract people who hunt white tailed deer or whatever. But uh, there, there's been some things that I've done this, you know, uh, for particular people that's got uh, deep meanings to them. There's some things that I've done myself um, out of frustration that meant things. Um, we can we can get to that later. Um, but most of the stuff I would say is, I mean, it's obviously got some sort of meaning. It's just not random. So um, I've done some really personal things for people. Um, we can talk about those. But uh, yeah, I would say all. I would say most of the artwork that I do now has some sort of inspiration or meaning behind it, whether it's just to drive sales or it's to get a message across or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So kind of coming back to, I guess, being young and working through the art, a question that I have, and I'm curious about this, right, is when you started to really put your work on display how difficult was that for you you know either to show your parents or to get it displayed at the coffee shop for sale I mean what what was that experience like was it easy to to get your stuff out there were you like holy shit like this is really tough getting your getting your artwork out there um I never really tried to get my artwork out there it was just something I just did for myself and my family and you know friends or whatever um, I don't even really know how I, how the conversation came up that it actually went into that coffee shop. I, like yeah. I said, they were family friends, but, um, it, it wasn't like, a. I guess it was, a. I mean, it was a big deal to me yeah. when it happened yeah. and I've always really believed in myself as far as like my work I do. And like, I've always known I'm not the best artist. I mean, not, you know, I work with great artists at black rifle and people I think are way better than me, but I've always felt like, man, I, I can, I'm pretty good at this. Like I, I wasn't embarrassed to put it up, put it that yeah. way. Yeah. So I felt pretty confident in it. 
Um, I had no expectations of selling anything. Sure. Um, and then when I was a little older, when the stuff went into the, into the restaurant in, in our, uh, Raleigh, um, I actually didn't have enough artwork put up. They were like, you need more to fill the wall space. So like I created, I created all this artwork in like a few weeks, but, uh, I wasn't really confident in that stuff. It was more just kind of, it wasn't really inspired. It was just kind of, well, let's just put some stuff together, which was cool looking, but, um, no, it, it hasn't really ever bothered me or it wasn't, didn't seem difficult, but I, like I said, I've never really pursued trying to get my stuff like in a gallery or yeah anything like that. Like I wasn't, that wasn't really my thing, I guess. Yeah. Was it intimidating though? I mean, having it mm. on display more or less. No, it was exciting. Yeah. Not, not intimidating. It was, it was, I, it was really cool. Um, from what I can remember when I was young with the coffee shop and then what I remember from the restaurant, uh, walking in and seeing it, you know, like we, I can't even remember if I was with friends. I'm sure at the coffee shop I was with my family because I was young. But you know, walking in with my friends or you know my wife, which was my girlfriend at the time, and like seeing it, like sitting down and eating, like, hey, I did that. You know, it, it, that that's a really cool thing, and that's still something that I really get excited about uh, now. <laughs> yeah. Like seeing my artwork out in the wild, uh, I get really pumped up about it because it's like, dude, it's like man, I did that and I'm all the way on this side of the country and that guy's got what I did on his hat. And it's just, it's like a real, like a, like a, a oneness with the, I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. It's, probably it's pretty cool. a little uh, like existential, like, man, this is, is this real life? Is this how, like the double yeah, it's, guy? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, man, it's strange to slap myself in the face, but uh, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So when you uh, got into your twenties and maybe, maybe before we get into, you know, when you got into your twenties, took, took a hiatus from it, what would you say was probably the most important thing you learned, whether that's, you know, just getting into artwork, getting your artwork out there, being confident for maybe somebody that's trying to get into artwork, a young kid that's really like exploring it. I mean, what, what do you, what do you wish you knew in that time frame that would have helped you? Uh, I'm a firm believer in we all have a certain path that we're going to take. And I don't believe that we can veer from that path. I mean, you know, I'm a Christian and I believe that God has intended purposes for us all. Right. And so there's a lot of things that I look back on my life that I tried to do that didn't work out. And I was really upset about. But if any of those little things would have happened, I never would be where I'm at today. Right. And, and I, if, if you got some time, I'll expand on that. Yeah, um, let's hear it. So when I was 21, um, uh, I, had a, I had a local government job. I did building maintenance, right? And I think I was bringing home like $18,000 a year, getting paid once a month, like paycheck to paycheck, living on my own. Like it was, it was rough. Good job on paper. I mean, state benefits and all this stuff, but I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't making money at all. And uh, I mean, I was, you know, counting pennies to a payday. And before I got to the, to that job, I met my wife. Um, I was working part-time at Walmart and she was working part-time while she was going to college. And we met and she was actually dating somebody um, at the time. And I, you know, I kind of, I wouldn't say I fell in love with her right away, but I knew that I really liked her. Um, she, she came from a, a military family. Her mom and dad were um, retired Air Force. And so she was brought up really well. And she just had a really good attitude and like just 
really sweet and had a, you know, a good spirit about her, but I was kind of in this place where I was like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. And so I actually tried to get in the military. Uh, I, I went, I tried to get in the coast guard and I know some people are going to probably uh, give me hell about that, but uh, I, I, I really want to do like rescue work, like yeah. doing the whole diving thing and uh, like, you know, protect our borders and that type of thing. And so I went through METS and uh I did like all my tests and at the very end I had an eye exam and I failed the eye exam. Ironically, I have really, really bad eyesight. <laughs> and so I didn't get into that and I was really bummed and I kept trying all these different things. And I say all that to say this, if any of those little things would have happened, if I would have gotten the military or if, you know, if I wouldn't have got that job at the state and been unhappy, you know, trying to figure out, all right, how am I going to make more money or how, what am I going to do to bring more money in? I would have never gotten to where I am today. So um, whether it's artwork or you want to build furniture or be a mechanic, like if, if you're good at that and you set your mind to it, you can do it. But I do believe if, if there is something greater for you to do that, that can mean more to the, to people and help people, I believe that that's where your life is going to steer to. And, you know, I guess I hate to say it so definitive like that. I guess this doesn't always work. But I, I feel like if it's if it's meant to be, it's going to it's going to it's going to happen. Now, I'm not yeah. saying it's going to be easy, but it's going to happen. And I feel I feel like that's kind of how this whole journey that I've been on. It's just little things that just happened, you know, at the right time. You know, somebody helped me buy a computer. And, you know, I, I don't believe if I was meant to do this, none of that you know, the good things would have happened or the bad things so that I thought were bad at a time, but turned out to be for my benefit. Yeah. So I, I believe if you kind of stick to your guns and, you know, just, you know, look inside yourself and figure out, you know, what is it that I want to be or what is it that I want to do? And you pursue it and, 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 and your life kind of edges you in that direction. I, I think you can, I think anybody can do it, you know, do whatever they set their minds to. So. Yeah. So in kind of this, time frame right i i imagine it's probably a little tough right not knowing what you're going to do feeling maybe a little bit lost not quite certain what comes next what tools did you have or how did you continue moving forward because it's easy in situations like that to kind of just sit and not move forward mm -hmm. how did you keep moving forward what did you rely on was it was it faith was it art was it you know, your soon to be girlfriend, now wife. I mean, how did you continue to not fall into the rut? Um, uh, my wife, uh, God, obviously. Um, but you know, my wife, um, I used to be a wild maniac. <laughs> um, I mean, a maniac, uh, you know, very irresponsible, you know, partying all the time, drinking all the time. You know, there's nothing wrong with drinking. Um, I think if, if you can control it, but I got to the point where I wasn't controlling it. And, um, but my wife, like I said, she is a, she is an old soul and she really, she has really brought me back down to earth and like giving me like a, um, like a purpose, like helped me find my purpose in life. Yeah. And, um, she, uh, Man, I, I I don't I don't know I don't know where I would be if I if I didn't have her. And you know I know a lot of people are like oh you didn't talk about your wife, but she I mean she she's not just my wife she's my best friend. She's you know we've been together for I think this year will be fifteen years. Yeah. And um, I might be wrong about that. We won't tell her. 
yeah, she, well, she'll get on me when she hears this, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, she, um, she's always been real rock solid. Um, she has two degrees. Uh, she's worked really hard at her career and, um, she really straightened me out. Yep. Yeah. So this might be personal, like a, a super personal question, but you know, we can defer as needed when it can, when it comes down to her helping you find your purpose, right? Well, how did you, I mean, did you ask for help with that? How did she help you find that? I mean, did she, like, was she pretty straight and narrow with you? And I, and again, kind of asking in the same vein of if somebody out there listening, that's like, man, like, dude, Jonathan, like, I, I don't know what my purpose is and my wife is here or my husband or my friend is here. How can I ask them to help me or how can they help me based off of your experience? She, now, don't get me wrong. I wasn't ever like bad to her. Like mm-hmm. I've always treated her like my, my dad taught me, you know, you treat a woman with respect and, you know, I've always, I've never, I mean, it's never done anything intentionally to harm her. And, you know, just the way I was, I mean, she just, you know, she, she, she don't, she didn't drink or party or anything like that. And she, you know, she just handled it. But I would say probably, um, her continual love for me, probably, mm-hmm. uh, and like being able to, you know, overlook, you know, my faults as a man and, you know, seeing the potential that I had, the drive that I had outside of the irresponsibilities that I had, sure. uh, was probably, um, her 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 strong point in helping me and i've always been i've been i'm always uh, a pretty emotional guy and i don't like hurting people like i have no enemies like whatsoever like i'm friends with everybody like i I can talk to anybody on the street i don't necessarily care for the public that much but i mean i you know my dad said look when i was young if she's somebody broken down on the side of the road you know you go and help them right so i i think the thought of me disappointing her was one of the things that helped me get on the right track too. Cause I didn't, yeah. I didn't want to, I didn't want to make her upset. And cause if I made her upset, I was going to be extremely depressed or yeah. upset, you know, mad or at myself or whatever. So I got to the point where I was tired of upsetting her and, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was going off and doing, you know, heroin or something, but it's just kind of like, you know, not, you know, like, not taking care of my finances and, you know, just blowing money on stupid stuff and, you know, not being a grown up. It's right. just that, you know, not being a, a grown adult, you know, and, you know, okay, yeah, you don't make a lot of money. So you need to start, you know, figuring out what you can do to save money. Right. Those type of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just like, you know, stuff like that, you know, just being irresponsible, uh, yeah. you know, as a, you know, an adult. And um, I got tired of, got tired of disappointing her. And so, uh as as our relationship grew and I wanted to marry her, I realized that if we got married and something happened to her and she wasn't working, I couldn't take care of her, like financially. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, all right, I want to marry this girl and I want to be able to take care of her if something happens to her, right? Like I'm not going to get into a relationship and be irresponsible. And if, you know, God forbid she gets in a car wreck and she's paralyzed, like what am I going to do? I I didn't want to be that person. And so I was like, all right, I got to start buckling down and like figuring out, you know, how I can take care of her. And that was kind of like the start of me, like getting serious. So, 
So when you say starting to get serious, was that what did that start to look like? Um, that was probably right around the time I started the whole art graphic design stuff. Okay. And I, I, you know how like you're in a job. And dude, I'm sorry if I'm complicated when I talk. My oh. mind runs a thousand miles I'm, an hour. I am 100 tracking with you. It oh, makes I'm, sense. It makes sense in my head, but yeah. sometimes when it comes out, no, Aaron it's funny. I'm listening as you're talking. I'm like thinking and relating to like my life, and I'm like, no, everything. Like I'm, I'm with you. So no, this is good. Perfect. Yeah. So I, the job I was in, I was in for almost 10 years, and it was like, you know how you're stuck in a place and it's just comfortable but it's like extremely uncomfortable, but the thought of leaving that thing is worse, you know? Yeah. And so it was kind of like, she was like, all right, you need to start, like, we need to find you another job. And there was some other things that happened. I got hurt at work. I had two hip surgeries. And so like I went through rehab for like three years and that's a whole nother story in itself, hard chapter of my life, but I was shuffled around inside that job to a place that I didn't really care for. And I worked with good people, but I didn't like the work. And it was just kind of that every day, get up, go do this desk job and, you know, do this. And I was just like, man, I'm not getting anywhere. And this is when we were really seriously talking about getting married. And, you know, I was like, I started this old drawing thing and I was like, how can I do this and make more money? And I think about the time I, I really started making a little bit of money on the side with it. She found this job. Uh, it was another state job, but it was paying like twice as much. Yeah. And it was with the department of transportation. And I didn't know anything about road work. Right. And it was in an engineer's office and uh, it was a surveying job doing surveying and inspection. Yep. And so uh, um, anyways, when, when I got, by the time I got that job, uh, we, I got pretty serious. So, um, it, it was a lot going on in those couple of years where it was like emotionally, spiritually, physically, I was trying to get on a straight path. And then financially I was trying to get on a straight path and, um, uh, figuring out this whole artwork thing. And, uh, it, it was a lot going on for that, that, that period of time in my life. Um, I guess that answered the question. I yeah. don't know. It was kind of, yeah, kind of weird off a little no, bit. No, you're good. But uh, in that period of time, right, that's that's a lot to handle at once on top of actually doing the work, right? What both both like actual like job work and artwork, right? Or like like construction or um, transportation work and artwork. What tools did you find throughout that, whether that's like financial planning tools or things, what helped you kind of get to the point where you were comfortable getting married, but also able to start moving forward with turning artwork into a career, if that question makes sense. Well, I've always been like, I've never been like a real materialistic person. And like I, and earlier when I said blow money on stuff, it wasn't like I was going out and like, I bought my first brand new vehicle last year. It's the first vehicle I've ever had with AC in it. Right. So I've never it's not like I'm going out and like blowing money, but like you have to understand the amount of money I was making. I couldn't blow twenty dollars. Right. Sure. Like, I mean, I mean, I was paying rent and phone bill and gas and food. And, you know, it, it, I mean, it was like I didn't have I didn't have enough money to even like live hardly. You know, I'm, I'm living on eighteen thousand dollars a year, bringing home a thousand dollars a month. 
And yep. I'm trying to pay rent and drive to work. It was 30 minutes away and all this stuff. So it wasn't like I was blowing a whole paycheck on, you know, alcohol or anything like that. It was just like, it was like, she, she was telling me, you, you need to save every dime you can. I'm like, I don't have any money to save, like, yeah. you know? And so uh, when I got this new job and I started making more money, um, it became easier to get serious about saving money and being sure. more financially secure and realizing, okay, I can, I can, I can take care of us, you know, if something were to happen. And, um, you know, with the artwork stuff at that time, I was making, I was making okay side money. I mean, it wasn't anything crazy or anything, but, you know, she, she made really good money. Uh, she would, she, then she was doing uh, physical therapy at a outpatient clinic and she made pretty good money. And so we, we got to the point, um, where we were like, you know, I mean, we, we, we would do okay. I mean, we, we could get by and have money left over. So, um, it, I think it, to me, it was, uh, it was kind of two parts to the thing. It was, I didn't have money and I was embarrassed, right? Because, you know, as a man, we feel like we're supposed to be the breadwinner and she was making like three times what I was making or whatever. And I was like, man, I don't want her to take care of me. I want to be able to take care of her. And it's not that I think she's any lesser of me, man she's way smarter than me. Right. Like right. she's, she's smart as a whip. I'm just, a, I'm dumb as a rock. Right. And so <laughs> like, I knew when I, we started dating, she was way above my pay grade. Right. You know, in, in the fact that, you know, she's just anyways. Yeah. Uh, but it was just kind of a mental thing that I was battling to like. And so I was at that point, I was like, man, I, I want to be able to, you know, I, I don't want to be that, that guy, that husband who's like wife takes care of them. And it's, you know, it's not like a sexist thing. I don't want anybody to think that. It's just, you know how it is. I mean, you're a man, like you it's a pride. You want to be the you want to be the protector, right? Right. You want to be able to protect your family. And protection also includes financial protection. Mm-hmm. And you know, along with, you know, if a bad guy walks in, you know, put him on the ground. But um, so when I got that job and I started doing the artwork a little bit, I, I got I got pretty confident in in the fact like, okay, I, I we can do this. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's talk then about like, uh, I guess really the blossoming of the artwork into profession. Right. I mean, how, what was the first step into really saying, I I'm going to do this as a job. I mean, how did that progression start? All right. I, I can probably stay more on track cause it's a little more fresh. Than those, no, you're uh, good. You're good. <laughs> so, um, two years ago, think i think it was in like the summer of 2020 so not quite two years i was doing a lot of artwork for people and i had gotten pretty proficient at the programs and i had gotten pretty good at doing stuff and uh i was doing some pretty elaborate things like uh some of the the last couple like fine art stuff i did like the fish drawings and stuff i was spending like 40 hours on them and like they were like uh, you can go on my Instagram page and see if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see some of that last couple, like really fine art stuff I did. I did yeah. some architectural drawings, people's homes and whatnot. And uh, I started working for small companies like, um, you know, like uh, I'm trying to think of like a uh, one of the companies that one of my first clients I worked with was uh, it's a guy named Bryant Fikes. He owns American Fetcher. And uh, it's it's that kind of outdoor hunting, duck hunting, you know, you see a lot of the hats with like the, the ducks flying on them or the, the deer or, you know, the kind of that, that, you know, Southern type 
clothing that people really like to wear. And um, he was a really, really cool guy. Um, he, he was like my first probably uh, good client that kind of I helped him brand his company. Like, you know, I've basically been doing all his stuff since the beginning. I think he had a few designs before I started. But uh, I started working with, you know, him and then uh, started picking up all these other outdoor companies and whatnot. Uh, let me let me step back real quick to tell you how I started advertising myself to yeah. the world. My right. next I, question. Yeah, let's hear yeah, it. Yeah, I, 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 I guess I should have started with that. So uh, after I had kind of made a little portfolio, I probably had, I don't know, 20 or 30 drawings, you know, fish and ducks and wildlife stuff. Cause like I said, I've always been into hunting and fishing. So uh, I've always been really big into wildlife. Uh, I created a Instagram account. Uh, Grizzly river art is what I called it. Um, how I came up with that name. Uh, Grizzly was my first nickname. My last name's Griswold. So my first nickname was Grizzly. I like the fish. So I like the river. Uh, and of course a grizzly bear is like my favorite animal in the whole wide world <laughs> and, uh, artwork. So that's how I come up with my name. It was pretty simple. <laughs> kind of no, nothing real, nothing real crazy. It was just my first nickname and I like to fly fish. So, um, but I created my account and there was a few companies that I, had, uh, I did some concept designs for one of the, uh, companies was a, a fly fishing company who did a subscription service. So you pay like 20 bucks a month and you get this box and it had like flies in it and stickers and, you know, koozies or whatever. And so I did this drawing and I posted it and I tagged them. I think I emailed them too. And I was like, Hey, look, y'all can have this drawing if y'all want to use it for a sticker. And uh, I put my Instagram handle on the uh, sticker. And so they're like, <laughs> yeah, Hey, we'll put it in our next month's subscription box. So I was like, awesome. So I, uh, gave them a design for free advertising. So I, I don't know how many people, I would say at least a couple thousand. Um, they were pretty, they're a pretty big fly fishing company. Um, couple, about a month later, I got a box in the mail and I had my sticker in it with my Instagram handle. And I picked up some followers off that. And uh, I kind of did that with a few other companies. Some of them didn't work out. Some of them did. So that's kind of how I got started on the whole Instagram world. And, uh, Anyways, I started, I just kept posting stuff and trying to pick up followers and using hashtags and all this stuff. And then slowly people started kind of reaching out to me like, hey, can you draw this? Or, hey, can you do that? And so that was kind of a real slow process. And then fast forward uh, a couple of years to um, probably about three years ago, I started kind of getting burnt out already. Um, I, was, I was staying pretty busy. I had slow times and, you know, really fast times, but I was getting burnt out on the, on the, uh, the nickel and diamond and the, Hey, I, Hey, I, I want you to do this. And Hey, I want you to do that. And then you never hear nothing. You spend two days emailing back and forth and then somebody back out. And I just got really burnt out with it. And I, I'm all about helping people start a business, but it's like, man, I was like getting so stressed out. Like I was, you know, taking spending all this time doing stuff and you know people were backing out and it was just all this back and forth like i mean i wasn't charging much i was charging like 75 dollars to do like a, a shirt design right like 
I mean, that's nothing. And people were still trying to like haggle. And I get it. People were trying to get what they can get. Like, I get that. And, you know, more power to them. But I got to the point where I was like, man, I, I'm, I can't do this. I, I got I to gotta figure something out. So uh, that was kind of the whole – there's like two, two parts to this story. So that was kind of the first half. And then this is – the next part is kind of where I make the turn to where I'm at now. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, when you start to get burned out, um, how did you, I guess maybe a few questions out of that. Um, how, I'm trying to think of how I want to ask this. So what in kind of the first side of this story did you think was most helpful in getting your brand out there? Instagram. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man, social media has changed a lot. We all know that it's gotten it's kind of pretty bad and we'll get into a situation later about that, but I can't, I can't complain too much about Instagram because 95% of all the stuff I've ever done has come off that platform. Yeah. And um, it's, it's been a great tool to, to, to meet people and, you know, you know, build a business off of. Um, and I hate, I hate seeing how it's going. It's, it's, it's so sad. Um, but I can't bash it too bad because if it weren't for Instagram, I would probably wouldn't be here. I mean, I probably may I, – I don't want to say that because I probably could have maybe found a way. But, like, I tried doing it on Facebook. I got so sick of Facebook. Like, I, I had Facebook when I was in college. Yeah. I, I did take a few college courses, um, not for artwork, but for something else after I finished high school. But, like, that you could only – you had to have a college email to get on when I had it. <laughs> and, uh, it, man, I, I tried uh, – I just – man – I don't know. I hate Facebook, yeah. but Instagram was awesome because it was just, it worked great for artwork. Cause you just, I mean, artwork's a picture, right? So I could just post a picture and leave a little caption on it and then, you know, whatever. But Instagram definitely uh, propelled my, my, my business major. So okay. what was the, uh, the best strategy you used and maybe to, maybe as a, as a secret that you, uh, that you used that helped the most? kind of in, in the vein of using Instagram? Realizing, A, that I had a lot to learn, wasn't the best, and realizing that I was going to have to pay in the beginning to make money in the end, right? That I was going to have to grind it out in the beginning to get my name out there, knowing that if I, if I worked hard enough, I could, I could build up a big enough client portfolio list that one day a company would pick me up. That, that was like my strategy Okay, is that I would start small and work big. Right. I remember standing in the living room uh, in our old house right after we got married. I told my wife, I had read an article um, about a graphic designer. I don't even know who it was or an artist. And they talked about landing a whale. And it was like, if you ever land that whale, and what I mean is like a, 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 a good size company, like a well, like, like a Walmart or a Bass Pro Shops. That once you land that, then you're basically, you're kind of hooked in because companies like that usually try to retain, if they like your work, they're going to try to retain you. Right. And they're going to keep coming back to the, you know, the well to, to dip from. And so I was like, man, if I could just like work hard and work with these small companies, maybe I can do enough stuff to get noticed by somebody. Right. And Instagram gives you that ability to be noticed. Yep. Right. If the right person sees it at the right time 
And, you know, I keep saying we'll, we'll talk about that. A lot of this <laughs> stuff that I keep bringing up is, is all, all happened a little farther down the road. Right. But that was like, that was like my thing in the beginning. Like I, I, I knew, I felt like I was, I was confident enough to know that I can make that happen if I work hard enough. Right. So I can tell it's funny. So like, I know that it happened a little bit down the road, but like, I can tell you're getting excited talking about it because it oh, sounds yeah. like as part of this, right. You mentioned you're starting to get burned out, but I can imagine the turning point to that is like right here. I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, what, there. what, where was the turn or I guess what, what right. led to the turn? All right. So like I said, I'm a passionate guy. So let's hear it, dude. I'm, freak, I, I'm excited. No, I got hey, no issues. We, we, in North Carolina, my family, we call it jawing where we talk so fast. We sound like a guy at an auction place. I, I get talking so quick. My wife is like, when you do that podcast, you need to make sure you slow down. <laughs> it's okay. But, we can, uh, we can do like half speed for like the next 10 minutes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, so in the summer of 2020, I was like, man, I, I gotta, I gotta figure something out. Like there's these companies and this was, this was at a time where I started really getting into, uh, the, the, the veteran community side, right? Like I really, like, I've always been like a huge supporter of the military. Uh, my dad was in the military. Like I said, I tried to get in the military. My granddaddy fought in Vietnam and Korea. My wife's parents retired air force. And so like, I've always really looked up to that community. Right. And so uh, I started following Mike Glover at Fieldcraft on Instagram, and I started getting into these people who um, really started talking about, you know, America and um, what we kind of need to get back to, like the roots of who we are and, you know, preparedness. Like I've always been really big into like homesteading yeah, and like being self-sufficient. Like, you know, we grew up poor and my parents – always you know find ways to make do and not be wasteful and so like the hunting and fishing and part of community and like that that was like my niche right so i started really following these guys i started listening to podcasts um uh, mike glover uh andrew Arbito, half face blades um black rifle coffee evan hafer uh, brian bishop like all these guys i i started finding out about and started following excuse me following them and all this stuff. And so in the summer of 2020, after I had been following these guys for a while and some of these companies, I was like, man, I would love to do some artwork for these guys. And at this point, I was I was really like confident in being able to kind of accomplish anything that somebody asked me. Sure. You know, you know, the first couple of years I was like, uh, I don't know how to do it, but I can figure it out. Right. So now I've learned, I've gotten really efficient in the programs to do what I need to do. And, uh, and so I was like, all right, I'm gonna bite the bullet. So I sat down and I picked out a few companies and people that I wanted to do work for. And I sat down and I started drawing concept designs. And I remember my wife was like, are those designs for people? Or are you just drawing stuff? Like, she's like, you need to be doing stuff, making money, you know? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I know. I was like, let's just let me, just let me do this. Let's see where it goes. Right. And so I, I did like a, a concept design for Fieldcraft. I did a concept design for Black Rifle. I did a concept design for Andrew at Half-Face Blades. And I did a concept design for, I think, two other people. Or maybe it was one other person. Um, anyways, and I just posted them on, on Instagram and just tagged them in it. Right? That's all I did. 
And so by that was in the summer, by that fall, uh, Austin Lester, you know him from Fieldcraft? Just you do. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So he reached out to me from Fieldcraft. He was like, dude, you know, what do you think about doing some stuff for us? And I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> so we did a design. I can't remember if it was something I came up with or he did or, um, Anyways, we worked on some stuff, and then uh, Andrew reached out to me from Half Face. Um, he's like, "Hey, got some stuff. Let's do it, right?" And then um, Black Rifle was a little slower, right? And so I was like, "And you know, Black Rifle was probably the bigger of the companies," and so I knew it was kind of a long shot, and I knew they had artists and stuff like that. And so I just, that, that just kind of, I kind of forgot about it. And uh, so I started working, doing uh, work for Fieldcraft, you know, freelancing. And I started doing work for Andrew freelancing. And then I started picking up these other people, Eddie Gallagher, you know, yeah. he had, he had posted something one day. I don't remember what it was. And I was like, Hey man, I just commented on his post. Hey man, let's collab on something. He shot me a DM. I did a bunch of stuff for him. That was, uh, that was, that was really huge. Uh, super man the Gallagher's are great family um they've been through a lot and uh they they are awesome and um I did some stuff for him and Brian Bishop um with Orion Design Group Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you know him I feel like I know the name yeah he used to do full auto Friday with Andy Stump okay but uh he, he he's got a he he um he's got his own podcast too uh but super nice guy um i've done i did a little work for him and i started picking up like these kind of like heroes that i looked at these people and the whole time just like every time somebody like that would you know would reach out to me i I run in there and be like man you ain't gonna believe who just reached out to me (laughs) like like, it's like it just all kind of happened really quick yeah i was like man and it was just like overwhelming not like overwhelming i didn't feel like i could do it it was just like emotionally it was just yep. like man this is just like this is just crazy and um one thing i will say about every single one of these people that i do work for they are all the most down-to-earth people and i know you've probably talked to a lot of them like to me they're like these giants like these people who have done all these great things and you know served our country and of course they would never say that you know they're humble and and I, I was just like, the way they talked to me, it was like they knew me forever. And I was just like, man, this is so weird. Like, I, I kind of looked up to these guys. And, you know, some of them are like my age, but still, like, you know, they got these really big, grandiose stories of things they've done in their life and things they've done for this country and, you know, putting their lives on the line and saving people's lives. And I'm just like, you know, I'm like this guy from Eastern North Carolina and I'm talking to this dude who's been all over the world, like, you know, protecting our freedoms and, it was just kind of like a man, it was a hum it was really humbling experience. And I just kind of like I had to kind of take in that moment. Like man, I can remember some of the first conversations I had with each of them. And it was just like, man, this is just this is crazy. I mean, it's like a it's like a thing that I've like, you know, took a snapshot in my brain that I've kept. And uh anyways, so I started doing work for those guys. And then the big boy. Finally shoots me a DM. <laughs> uh, Evan Hafer shot me a DM randomly. I think it was in February of 2021. And I was like, what is this dude doing in my DMs? Like, randomly. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know how, like, I don't remember why all of a sudden he, like, reached out to me. 
Yeah. Or he just, because when I had talked to him, he hadn't even seen the concept design that I did. Oh, so yeah. I, I'm, th- I'm thinking maybe he must have solved something. Probably, I'm guessing probably Fieldcraft, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he reached out to me. He was like, hey, man, uh, you know, what do you think about doing some artwork for us? And I was like, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's like, well, <laughs> hey, waiting. let's get on a phone. Yeah. So he's like, hey, let's get on a phone call uh within the next week and so like a couple weeks went by and we we didn't get to talk and then finally he you know we we finally got on the phone and i remember when he answered the phone he i think he had just probably gotten off work and he had walked in and his house and i could hear like his kids in the background i was like man the ceo of black rifle coffee is calling me and he just sounds like this normal guy (laughs) <laughs> like you know it's just so weird and i'm sure you probably experienced this anybody uh-huh. who's experienced you know meeting somebody that you look up to or kind of like this superstar and i know he would probably hate me using that but to me you know he man he he built this massive coffee empire out of his garage and i'm like you know i'm trying to do this thing on my own and it's like you know he's he's done all this stuff in the military and for our country and his community and giving back to veterans and all this stuff and i'm like this guy's calling me and he's just like hey bro what's up what's up what's going on and i'm just like hey man what's up and he's just like all pumped up about artwork i'm like man this is freaking awesome and so uh we talked for a little bit he was like all right the first thing that i did i did i i have an idea that i want you to do is like this rooster and this rooster is going to have like you know, you know, nods on and holding like this, you know, SBR and all this stuff. I'm like, bro, you ain't gonna believe this. So, (laughs) so he said that and I was like, Evan, you ain't gonna believe this. I was like, dude, I just drew a rooster with nods on and just posted it on my Instagram. He was like, huh? I was like, man, I got chickens at my house. Right. And I was like, I got this little Bantam rooster. It's like 10 inches tall. Right. He's this little rooster. And he's like super colorful. And I was like, man, he and all the hens are like twice his size. And he's like he walks around like, you know, he's the man. And like he's he jumps up on him and he's breeding him or whatever. They're like running and he's like riding on the back of him or whatever. But he's got, you know, he just he he's you know, he's at the top of the pecking order. And so I drew this rooster that was after the one that I had uh, with these nods on. And I was like, I put like top of the pecking order or something. It was just really goofy drawing. Yeah. And then here is Evan, like asking me the first thing he wants to do is a rooster with nods. And I was like, man, if that's not confirmation on destiny. Yeah. Like, I don't know what is. <laughs> I mean, it's just so, I mean, it's so random. And so, you know how, you know how like our artwork is, you know, how Evan's mind is like the stuff is so random and so far out there. And that's, that's like how, you know, black rifles gotten so popular because they're so, outside the norm and uh anyway so we did that and then i i I was doing like a design a month just freelancing and uh still i i was still doing work for fieldcraft and still doing stuff for andrew and of course andrew has multiple companies he has mm-hmm. you know half face blazing he's got we kill bad dudes and i was doing a lot of stuff for we kill bad dudes that was like the main thing yeah and, uh, of course, I was picking up some other big names, you know, like I said, Eddie Gallagher. And um, and so by the summer, this was all like end of 2020, beginning of 2021. Like, and so by the – go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just thinking, like, that's nuts, right? Like, it's been less than a year. And, like, I 
I haven't it's met about six months. Yeah. A lot of like, I, I know of a lot, all of these people. Right. And it's like, that's like, that's like you made it, you know, like I, yeah. I agree with you. Right. Like those are like in my world, right. Like me spending an hour with somebody is like, like that's precious time, you know? And it's like being able to get a hold of some of these people is just like, you know, other, it feels other world, otherworldly. So like being able to sit down with them and, I guess, have them hire you within six months of each other. Like, I don't know that to me, that just like, that's super cool. It blows my mind. Right. So. Yeah. And that's, that goes back to, like I was saying, like, if it's meant to be, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it, it's going to happen. And like the whole time this was all happening, I never forgot about the grind. Right. right. Like I never, I, I, I realized that looking back, I mean, obviously it was totally worth it but you have to put your mind to something to do it. Like that's, that's what anything. And I think that's a problem that, you know, I'm 34 years old. I turned 35 this year. And I say people my age, there's a lot of people my age like this, but also the younger generation is they don't want to put forth the effort, right? This whole get rich quick, you know, do as little as possible. I'm just going to dance on social media and I'm going to become famous. Like, man, that, that's, that's not how it works, man. That's not reality. <laughs> like it might be reality today, but these these platforms that you you got all your eggs in on, those things could disappear tomorrow. And as we see censorship and I mean that that stuff, I mean it exists. Who knows? Yeah. But you have to you have to like invest, right? You have to invest time. You got to invest money, and. I mean, not even money, just your time, like your mm -hmm. brain, man. You got to get past your brain, like your thoughts of like, man, I can't do this. You know, during the hard times, like you have to, if you can step over that rock and move to the next rock and, you know, any of these guys or girls that I do work for, they would tell you the same thing. Like their stories, you know, military career or, you know, growing up, you know, a multi-million dollar business. It's the same process, right? It's the same thing. You know, it might be, it looks different, but at some point, each person, including myself and you, we all had to say, okay, I, I'm either going to do this, I'm either going to take this next step, or I'm just like done, right? Mm -hmm. And so the people who are uh, prosperous and the people who've, uh, you know, uh, you know, done a lot and who's created big things, they're the ones who said, okay, I'm going to take the next step. And I know sometimes it just don't work out unforeseen things, but the people who took every step the whole way, even if that thing failed, whether it was your house caught on fire or your business caught on fire, it wasn't something that was in your control. It was something out of your control, right? You you couldn't control that thing. And, and, I, and, I, and that goes back to saying, like, I believe you can do basically anything you put your mind to, but like, it, it's a grind, man. It's, it's not easy. And like, you know, people look at me now and they're like, man, you two work for all these people. They don't know. It, it wasn't like the stuff was just dumped in my lap. Right. Like, man, I mean, you know, I live paycheck to paycheck. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I had to make that decision and grind it out and do free artwork and, you know, give away stuff and, you know, whatever. But it's, man, you, it's, uh, ain't, some people get it easy. I mean, I get it. Some people are born with silver spoon. And it, it just, I mean, it happens, but. The 99%, they don't happen that way. Yeah. So yeah. But now you're working for all of these cool people, doing some yep. wicked awesome stuff. Yep. Um, 
And so this went on for 2021. And so in the, probably the summer and fall of last year, I got to the point where I was working full time too. Now this whole time. Right. And so the beginning of when I started these guys up until I quit my job last, you know, at the beginning of the year and went with black art full time, I was working from seven 30 in the morning at my job till four o'clock. I was getting home and five 36 o'clock. I was behind my computer drawing and creating stuff until midnight, one o'clock in the morning, every single day, yep. every single day working 15, 16, 17 hours. And, uh, you know, and it wasn't like, you know, there was sometimes it's like, man, I do not feel like doing this. Like, I do not feel like doing this. I'm tired. I'm worn out. But a lot of times my wife would have to basically drag me to bed because, dude, I love doing artwork. Yeah. And I get so engrossed in it. Like, I look up. <laughs> I mean, I'll be, I'll be sitting in a chair. I'll be freaking sweating, man. I'm like drawing like where I'm so pumped up. And I'll look up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, freaking 1230 already. I'm like, what in the world? I got to get up. And I'm just like. And I'm like a sticker for like finishing stuff. Like I got to get to like the ending. And so like, that's like one of my downfalls. That's something that I've this year has been a learning process already is, you know, working for a company like Black Rifle, I got to slow down a little bit. And that was something Evan told me when he called me and gave me the job offer was you're going to have to slow down a little bit. And I think he, he probably knew that I work fast. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm just like, bam, bam, bam. Cause I, I'm excited, man. I'm ready to see that stuff. Like I'm ready to get this done. And it looks good and they love it. And I'm ready to see this stuff on a product like a shirt because I want to buy it. Man, where... <laughs> yeah. And, um, but anyway, so by the summer, uh, I closed uh, taking on commissions. Like I, I wasn't really, I wasn't advertising anymore. After I picked those guys up, I quit advertising. I wasn't like trying to pick up work. Um, I was getting like ran- a lot of random DMs. You know how like in your DMs and Instagram, you have like people you don't follow goes in that separate thing. Yep. And uh, I was getting all this stuff and I got to the point I wasn't even replying to them because, you know, it was the same old stuff I was getting burnt out with a lot of times. And uh, it was just, man, I, I mean, I was getting multiple ones a day. People asked for stuff. And so then I was, you know, also getting some pretty big name people asking for stuff. And um, I got to the point I was turning down a lot of money. Right. And I was like I said, I was still working full time. And so. By the end of the summer, I realized I was starting to lose money yeah. working full time. Yeah. Right. And and I was losing money because I just didn't have enough time. And we had something else in the mix. We had a baby on the way. Right. <laughs> and so we found out we were pregnant uh, at the beginning of the year. And uh, our boy was due to be born in November. And I knew when he came that I could not keep doing what I was doing. Yeah. Like working 15, I would have been in the hospital. Like it sure. was just impossible. And so me and my wife sat down and we started talking about what I could do to go into freelancing full time. Right. And it was a scary thought because I had a really solid career with the state. Like I love my job there. Like I, I really love the people I work with. I like to work. Uh, I got to work, you know, outdoors and indoors. Uh, my office was like five minutes from the house. So it was, and I had almost 15 years invested with the state. So I could have retired with a full pension by the time I was like 49 years old. Yeah. And so that (laughs) was, that's like a big thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, and so that was like, I had that to think about. And then of course, you know, if I go full time, you know, I got to carry my own insurance. I got to, you know, do this and do that. And it's like, man, you know, 
none of this work is guaranteed, right? Right. All this stuff is freelance. And I had contracts with Fieldcraft and Black Rifle um, for like, you know, just, you know, I think they were like year, uh, I think Fieldcraft was like six months contract, which was something that, you know, we renewed and continued renewed. But, it, you know, you know, who knows what happens next month? You know, you, there's no guarantee. So I was like, man, I, I don't know. Like the money's there, but it's not guaranteed, right? Like I got this job, just guaranteed. Pretty guaranteed. I mean, people yeah. got to drive on roads, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, artwork with, you know, and you know how 20, you know, we're in the COVID, middle of the COVID deal. So, you know, people losing jobs left and right, you know, like companies are going belly up. Like, man, are people really going to be wanting shirt graphics and sticker art when, you know, there's millions of people losing their jobs. Right. Right. And so there was that. And I'm just like, man, I don't, I don't know, you know, we just talked about it and talked, prayed about it. And uh, so I said, well, maybe I could reach out to some of these guys and see if they'll put me on a retainer. And so it would be, you know, basically guaranteed money every month, whether I do something or not. And basically I would just agree to how many, you know, amount of designs or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I started thinking about that. Um, and uh, oh, something else I was going to say about that. Maybe I'll come back to it. But uh, we were talking about that, and I had actually text Evan and was going to talk to him about that, about because I was just on a contract per design. Right. And I wanted to talk to him about putting me on a – see if they would be willing to put me on a retainer. And uh, I had texted him. I was like, hey, man, if you ever get free time, I'll talk to you about business. Because he was kind of – he wasn't my only direct contact, but, you know, he was kind of my direct contact. And it was uh, Chris Hunt. Um, I think you had Chris Hunt on mm -hmm. your podcast. Yeah. Yep. He was kind of like my handler there. So he was the one I was getting like my projects from and all that. Oh, geez. I said, no, I'm just and kidding. So, <laughs> so I, uh, no, nah, he's a good dude. I like Chris. He's, uh, he's actually doing really good with that. Um, Code of the, the West. West. Yeah, I know. I bought one of his shirts. That's, yeah. 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 But uh, anyways, so uh, I had text Evan. I think I had texted him one or two times. And I didn't want to aggravate him. And I know he's like super busy and um, – I'm not going, I'm, I'm not going to be like rude. You know, I'm just not that type of person. Like I, you know, I was like, Hey, look, he'll, if he wants to talk to me about it, he'll, he'll, he'll call me. So, um, I think in November we were talking about all this stuff and something kind of crazy happened. It's not crazy. It's normal now, but my Instagram got shut down. Right. What? And so I woke up one day and I was like, I was like, I can't get on my Instagram. I was like, what the heck? I was like, I can see my my page, but like all my stuff's gone. Like my profile picture's gone, my artwork's gone. I was like, what the heck, man? And like I couldn't figure it out. Like didn't get a warning or anything. And uh, so I started like digging. Like I got on Google and I was like, man, you know, Instagram got shut down. My my band or what happened? And actually, the beginning of the year my personal page had got deleted. <laughs> hey, I had that joker for 11 years. I had 2,500 photos in my life. In there. I never got a warning or anything. They just shut it down. Like, yeah. dude, all I had was like pictures of like a lizard in the backyard of my chickens or like family. Like I, I nothing like I, to this day, I have no idea what happened to that. Anyways, um, it got shut down and I was like, man, so somebody I read where you could go on your account and you could look up your account status. Mm. 
And so I go up there and I look and there was a comment I left on a video three months prior or two months prior. It was on a video of Joe Biden talking about delaying vaccine mandates, right? He was going to delay vaccine mandates until after Christmas for federal workers. And the comment I left was, <laughs> dude, it was like, it was like hyperbole, man. It wasn't even like, like, I don't even like, I don't get, I don't put politics on my art page whatsoever yeah. just because yeah. of that. Cause I don't want to shut down. And uh, I was like, I think my comment was something like, yeah, that's like saying uh, you can have one last Christmas with your family before you uh, stand in front of a firing squad. That's what I said. Dude, they said I was like inciting violence. <laughs> like, I need to, I'm, uh, I'm curious so, if you can still look. I want to go look and find out. Dude, <laughs> it's still on there. I I, uh, I tried to uh, uh, have them review it. Like I submitted yeah. a review. Like, look, guys. Then I know it wasn't like somebody. It was like a algorithm or something or whatever right and i was like dude are you serious i'm like anybody in their right mind would know this is just like it's not even like what and so i have reached out to a couple people and michael say their names and i was like hey man i was like my instagram got shut down i was like i know some of your stuff's been shut down before i was like do you have any like connection he's like yeah i got some people on the inside and uh (laughs) And I was like, dude, they shut my stuff down over like a comment. He's like, dude, that ain't why your Instagram got shut down. And I was like, huh? He was like, you got shut down because you gained like 4,000 followers in the past six months. And I was like, what do you mean? And so a couple, like a couple months prior, I had did a drawing of Joe Rogan. Right. Okay. And just, this was when uh, Dave Chappelle was going through that whole thing with censorship and all that stuff. And I was like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do something because I like Joe Rogan's podcast. I was like, I'm just going to do something funny. And so I did Joe Rogan. You may have seen it. It was like him and his dog like up in space. And it was like uh, it was like an old comic book, like the front of a comic book. And it's like Joe Rogan's holding this mushroom. And it's like, you know, his dog's name is Marshall. It's like Joe and Marshall's quest for the holy mushroom or something. It's like they're, <laughs> they're like an astronaut suit. From, it looks like some like vintage sci-fi art dude and he shared it he shared it and started following me oh that's awesome yeah it was like crazy right and so like dude me and my wife were working on my kids nursery yeah and you freaked out yeah i had like my garmin watch on i was like what is going on my watch like it was like i'm like god what the heck is going and i look and man it was like like all these followers and all this stuff i was like what the heck has happened i was like you ain't gonna believe this joe rogan shared that and he he shot me a little DM and thanked me for doing it and whatever. But uh, so I gained like a ton of followers like really quick. And so the person I reached out to said that more than likely somebody has seen your page, doesn't like the content. And so they're like spam reporting your page. And that's probably why you got shut down or why your page got looked at. And so what they'll do is they look at your history and if they see something that you did that's questionable, They'll use that as an excuse to like shut your shut your page yeah. down, right? Yeah. And which made more sense. I was like, I mean, that dude, I see stuff. You know, you, you get to like the DMs of like the crazy bot, like Russian bots and Chinese bots, oh, yeah. and all oh, this yeah. stuff. And I'm just like, dude, how is this stuff so prevalent? And then like, I leave one comment, one comment, I leave, I get <laughs> shut down for. And so I was like, man, I was just like mad. I was pissed off. I like emailed some of my clients. I was like, look, my Instagram shut down because a lot of them, con- you know, they would talk to me through that. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I really wasn't worried about 
losing. I, was, I guess I was. I was worried about losing the page. I mean, I worked really hard to build that page up. I had right. it for six years, and it took me a long time to build it up. And, you know, blood, sweat, and tears in it. And I had all my artwork on it, which was saved. But just the thought of, like, starting that whole process over, like, man, it makes me want to vomit. But uh, um, two days later, I got it back. And um, I got up there, and I saw that comment, and I submitted a review, and they still haven't responded on the review or whatever. And so I told all that, I told that story to say that I sat down and I said, I'm going to do something kind of like a rebellious thing. And it sounds goofy to say rebellious because it's like, oh, you're going to draw all artwork and be rebellious. But <laughs> that's kind of how we kick the system, right? Like yeah. you post stuff against the system to make a point, right? Right. And so I, I was just kind of sick of like the whole pandemic thing and you know, the social media stuff and the censorship and just can't find out what the truth is and all this crap garbage. And I'm just like, man, it's like, you don't even know where to go to get like truth, like you know, facts anymore. It's like, man, somebody just give me the facts. Let me make my own decisions. I think that's what most people are. Right. And so I sat down and I drew this news anchor. It was like a robot face. Like the skin was gone, like the old movie. And, uh, he's like sitting at a, you probably seen it. He's sitting at a desk. And uh, if you look it up, uh, he's sitting at like a like a news anchor desk, and there's like a stack of papers in front of him. And on on the headline of the papers, it says "Today's Lies," right? Yeah. And then above his head, it says "Trust Us." Yep. So, and I, I just posted it out there, like right after I got my page back, and I was like, you know, I'm going to use my abilities to kind of make my voice known, you know, because I don't get into politics, but it was kind of like my moment of like, okay, I'm going to let the my little world know where I kind of stand and uh that I'm just kind of sick of this whole thing. Like I'm just yeah. sick of the lies, sick of the censorship, just sick of all this crap. And so I posted it, I think the next morning. And this was in December. Yeah. I'm looking at oh, it right now. at the end of November. I like, yeah. Okay. Right at the end of November. I have to look at it. So I posted it and then that morning, I walked into work, and it was like 7.30, was going about my day, and I saw Evan shared it. And typically, Evan doesn't really share much outside of Black Rifle, right? right. So I was kind of like, oh, wow. He has, I guess, a little more recently. But I was like, oh, wow, he shared that. That's pretty cool. And when he shared it, he sent me a message and said, uh, call me. <laughs> and so I was like, like, oh, I, like I guess he's going to. You know, probably talk about design or something. So I called him. He didn't answer, and he called me back like five minutes later. And I hadn't talked to him in it. This had been a few, probably a few months since I had talked to him on the phone or text him or whatever. I was like, "Hey, man, what's up?" I was like, "What's going on?" I was like, uh, "I was like, man, I'm glad I finally got you on the phone." I was like, "I actually been wanting to talk to you about business." I said, "But we can <laughs> we can talk about we can talk about that later." I said, uh, "I said what you got on what you got on your mind?" He's like, "Well, I actually got business on my mind." I was like, "Really?" And I knew it was coming. I yeah. just had that feeling. I was like, all right, maybe this is it. He's like, all right, man, what's it going to take for you to come full time? <laughs> and I immediately walked out the door and I got my truck at work. And I was like, what'd you say? <laughs> and uh, he's like, what's it going to take for you to come full time? with us?" And I was like, man, I, 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 I was like, it don't matter what's going to take. I'm going to come full time with you anyway. <laughs> and uh, we talked for a good bit. And uh, uh, he he gave me the job offer, and uh, 
man, it was awesome. And I, I was at work and it was like 1030 and I have, I was going on lunch at like 12 o'clock and this was, you know, our um, child was already born at this time. And so my wife was at home and I was like, man, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to get through this without, like when I walk in that door, I'm probably going to be like a mess. Yeah, right. We're just crying. Because this is yeah. like, this is like, this is it, right. This is it. This is the moment that I've been working towards. Like, not just for me, like for us, for our family, like, you know, the baby just being born and we've been stressing about how we're going. And it just, you know, it just happened. And the funny thing, uh, another funny thing that happened before that was Brian Bishop, we all was talking about with mm-hmm. around his anger, called me during the Overland Expo, yep. randomly called me. He's like, hey, man, he's like, out here at the Overland Expo, are you out here this year? I'm like, no, dude. And uh, he's like, well, I was out here. And he's like, man, I've already talked to like a few people who's brought up your name, like your artwork and stuff. I was like, oh, man, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, dude, when you going full time? And he had no idea that me and my wife had been talking about this. Right. 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 Dude, and he talked to me. He he t- like gave me the most encouraging word and message. Like he just knew it's like he knew what was going on. Right. And he was like, dude, you just got to You got to jump out of that airplane, man. You, you got to, you know. You, you got to quit. You got to quit being scared. Like you, you have the ability, you got the client list, you can do it. And it was just like, man, it was just like a big thing. Like it gave me a lot of encouragement and I wanted to say that. And I don't know if you'll ever listen to it. I'm actually supposed to do a podcast with him uh, next time I fly to Salt Lake. But uh, that, that was like, man, that was a real big thing to me. Like, um, like real encouraging and just really blew me away. Cause he had no idea we were talking about all this stuff. But anyways, I just I wanted to say that, put that out there. So thank you, Brian, for uh, those words of encouragement. But um, so anyways, I got home and man, I ain't gonna lie, man, I broke down. Like, like I told, I was like, you ain't gonna believe this. I was like, they would just call me and offer me a full time position. Like, you know, told her all the details, and it was like, it was like the moment that you know we had worked really hard for. And I always make it abundantly clear: this whole journey has never been just me. Right, my wife. Like I said it in the beginning, my wife has put up with me and times when I doubted myself and all this stuff. So it was like a very, it was an emotional thing because we knew that, A, I was going to be doing what I, what I needed to be doing, what I loved. B, it was good money. And I was going to be able to be home more uh, with my kid, uh, you know, be at the house more because, you know, we do homesteading, have gardens and chicken, like I, all these things it was just like man it was it was an answer to prayer and it, yeah. it happened at exactly the right time and i didn't force it and that's always the thing that i tell people this wasn't something that i forced i took my time and we thought about it we went over finances we went over all the nitty-gritty stuff about how we can make this work if we can make it work and i felt like that what was meant to happen happened yeah. Like I was trying to figure out how I was going to do it on my own. And, you know, God had another plan for me and that was better. Right. And so, um, anyways, uh, but yeah, so, uh, we, I started there at the beginning of January. So <laughs> it's, it's crazy, dude, man. It's crazy. And, uh, one of the things I asked, the first thing I asked him was, am I going to have to move to Salt Lake? He's like, no, man, you work remotely. And I was like, well, that's awesome because Salt Lake is really expensive, and I really like North Carolina. Which you know, <laughs> one day I might move out there, but 
Um, uh, I think he – I don't know if – I don't want to speak for him, but I, I kind of feel like he kind of likes me on the East Coast. Um, I think it kind of gives him more, you know, a little more con- solid connection here. And I don't know. I'm not speaking for him. That's this is what I felt like that he wasn't he wasn't upset about me not being out there. Yeah. Like he, he didn't mind me being here. So I That's feel like cool. there's probably a reason for that because he could have said, "Yeah, you got to move out here." So um, and there's some other artists that work uh, on the East Coast too. Uh, Josh, uh, he's also full time. Uh, he works in out of Virginia Beach. He's a really good artist. But um, so I started January and I've flown out um, twice. I went out. I have to fly out every month. Yep. At least every month. So I flew out like I think the second week in January and then I, I, I was there all last week. So, um, but yeah, man, it's uh it was a wild, it was a wild ride, and the ride really has just gone off the rails now. So, yeah, uh, and it's like I'm, just I'm, getting I'm started. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm so, I'm so excited, man. Like, dude, I, man, I love creating stuff. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. It's That's just good, dude. Man, it's just, it's awesome. But yeah, I feel like I, I feel like. You didn't get to talking and I just kept on and on. No, and on, dude, so it's perfect. That's, that. that's how it goes. I guess maybe a last question because it's like, I know it's getting late for you and it's, it's oh, kind of funny. Good, like talking, it's, it's funny. I've noticed and I feel bad sometimes, but like after somebody talks about themselves for like an hour, hour and a half, like you can start to see it in their eyes where they're like, I'm like, I'm getting tired of being introspective. So like, like, I'm like, okay, like yeah. we'll probably have to chat again because like, yeah, you could tell that they're getting tired, but what, what is throughout all of this, right? What has been the one thing that has helped you push forward that you learned that maybe people don't know, don't get, don't ask you a lot. Don't think about that. You're like, this is what you should know that I wish I would have known. It's my favorite fully super loaded question. I get weird um, answers. Can you, can you repeat the question again and make sure I get it right? Because okay. I want to be able to make sure I don't go off on a tangent. No, you're good. What's been the one thing that you wish you would have known or um, has helped you the most throughout this whole process, this whole journey to get you where, to, to get you to where you're at? Wish I would have known. Uh, I think I'll take, I think I'll do that. That second. Uh, obviously the number one thing, this helped me get here is my wife. And I know a lot of guys are probably, oh, this dude talks about his wife a lot. Dude, she's my best friend, man. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not up here gooing and gone over my wife saying I got the best wife in the world. I mean, to me, she is. But, dude, I mean, I wouldn't be here without her. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have an awesome new kid, a son, without her, obviously. But, like, man, she – I mean, she's, I mean, she's been my critic and, you know, she's pushed me and, you know, helped me and like praised me. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't, if, if we weren't together, I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be here probably. Yeah. I mean, I have a strong drive, like I said, and off, off air early, we were talking like, you know, I like doing a lot of things and I, and like, uh, you know, I have all these little crafts that I like to do, building stuff and creating stuff outside of artwork, you know, growing a garden. Like I'm a huge green thumb. Like I love growing a garden. Like 
you know, I like messing with my chickens and, but like, you know, a lot of that stuff I can do on my own. Like she doesn't have to push me to do that stuff. But like this, I mean, it's a big, it was, it's, it's a huge undertaking in the beginning. Like yeah. the whole journey was huge. Right. Cause it's like, man, you know, it's just, it's like anything you have really hard times and you have really high, you know, good times, highs and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows. And I mean, I mean, she helped me get through all that stuff. She was there in the good and the bad. And, uh, I, I really don't, I really don't think I could have done it without her probably. Um, yeah. uh, it's she, uh, and it was fun to do it with her. You know, it, it was fun for her to, you know, us to be on this journey together. Uh, Cause she gets, she's an artist too. I mean, she, she did art in school and uh, she, she really likes it. Some of the stuff I do, she, she says, gosh, that's really morbid. <laughs> you know, some of the stuff I do, you know, Andrew's always been one of my favorite clients because uh, he always gives me like really fun stuff to do. Yeah, It's really graphic and gory sometimes, but like, I like it because it's outside the norm and I get to like polish my skills and try new things. I'm like, Oh look! Here's a blown off arm terrorist arm holding a cell phone, and, you know. And it's like she's like, "Gosh, that looks terrible." And I'm like, you know, hey, it was fun to draw. It looks awesome. It looks real. But, uh, but she's always been very supportive of the stuff I've done. And um, as far as one thing I wish I learned, um, uh, probably not be so hard on myself. Yeah. I'm probably my worst critic. Um. I think I think it's a two-sided coin. I think I think it's good and bad, right? You need to have some sort of self-criticism to be able to excel. But I think also too, like it can lead you down paths that you don't need to go. And I I have a, a hard time with like disappointment, right? Yeah. I I don't like disappointing my parents. I don't like disappointing my wife. I don't like disappointing people I see in the grocery store. Like I, I don't like appearing as a failure. Right. And so I wish that I, I could have realized that that's just a part of life. Like you're going to you're going to fail. Right. You're right. going to disappoint people. And, you know, obviously doing it intentionally is one thing, but unintentionally, you got to give yourself a break sometimes. Right. And, and I think this is something that probably a lot of people deal with. Um, I, I've gotten better at it. I still still have issues with it. But, uh, you know, I made a lot of bad decisions in my life. We all have. But, like, dealing, letting those failures, like, stay in your past and learning from them and not, like, dwelling on them and just, like, look, okay, I messed up there. Let's not make the same mistake, right? And I wish that I wouldn't have been so hard on myself sometimes because it it, it was like, I mean, I mean, like, I, you know, I couldn't sleep, you know, wouldn't be able to sleep at night, right? Yeah. You know, doing, you know, you know, am I doing the right thing? You know, what we talked about earlier, different things like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, I just, I can't get this. And I, you know, I did this and I messed up and I'm wasting my time and, you know, making myself sick and having anxiety and all this stuff. Like, I wish I, I wish I could have changed that. I wish I just would have said, you know, look, Hey, this is just part of the process. And, you know, learning from those hard times and mistakes and, you know, it's, it would have been more of a learning experience, which it has, you know, since I've matured. But uh, in the beginning, it was that I would say, yeah, I wish I wish I wouldn't miss so hard on myself sometimes because it 
it led it led me to be probably an unpleasant person to be around. Angry, <laughs> you know, snappy, got an attitude, you know, and uh, you know, just getting mad, ill at people, you know, like taking out on my wife or my parents, or whatever, like stuff. You know, when it was really just really nothing, really. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. This was fun. Jonathan, thanks again for taking the time, man. I enjoyed chatting. I know that I've hit you up a couple times since we talked, and I'm looking forward to chatting again, uh, hopefully sometime soon. But that is enough chat for me. Uh, today's episode is brought to you uh, by Black Rifle Coffee. I, uh, Like I said, I stopped down uh, at the headquarters, picked up uh, several other bags. I bought a lot of coffee this weekend, and I'm currently sipping on Blackbeard's Delight. So if you uh, are in the market for some new coffee, maybe a subscription, be sure you use code VANGUARD for 20 20% off, which is nuts, including a subscription on Black Rifle's website, code Vanguard, 20% off. It's nuts. But I'm going to stop talking. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and we will catch you next time.